Hey everyone, Mark Nacido here for the Mark Nacido podcast. Uh, hope it all is well with you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, today's podcast is going back to my music series. I'm doing the year 1967 now. Uh, right now, I'm, today I'm going to do a read an essay I found online, uh, a historical essay to be exact. Um, I found it on the website uh, foundsf.org. And it's been by E.V. Johnson in 2019. Um, and it's about an event that took place in San Francisco on January 14th, 1967, uh, called The Human Being at Golden Gate Park. And again, in San Francisco. Um, it was a, a one-day event. It was, I was looking at photos of it and reading about it overall. It seemed like a pretty good event, cool event. Um, Legendary, historical, the exact. Um, it it was the inspiration for the for, for what became known as a rock festival, music festival, outdoor festivals like for rock and roll. That is, um, um, and it could have been simply been the first rock festival per se because there was bands there performing, like majority of. San Francisco's bands were there. In fact, I, I, I sort of said all of them were there. So, okay. And a couple of bands from LA were there as well, uh, performing. It was really, it was really interesting. Um, so I'm going to read the article here as my podcast episode. Uh, if you like my podcast, please subscribe. Uh, my podcast can be found on apps such as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And my YouTube channel, subscribe to it if you like that, called the Mark and the Cito Podcast. That simple. And today on my news, I'm going to read the essay, straight shot, then I'm going to show some pictures of the event on my tablet. So let's hope that goes well. Uh, I got to send my lovely face for who knows how long I'm going to be reading this for. So uh, here we go. First, let me show this picture first. This is the first picture I want to show. This is the, the actual, uh, the event poster, like the poster uh, that promoted the event. So uh, it's right here. That's a poster that promoted the event. The human being. So, yep. Uh, Let's go with the essay. Again, my sources is foundsf.org. For the essay written by E.V. Johnson in 2019. Human Being, 1967. Historical essay by E.V. Johnson, 2019. Here's the abstract. The Human Being took place on January 14th, 1967 in Golden Gate Park. The event was a critical moment in San Francisco's countercultural history that ultimately set in motion the summer of love bringing hippies to California, specifically San Francisco, in droves, it positioned San Francisco as the capital of the counterculture philosophy and the epicenter of music and protest. 30,000 people gathered to turn on, tune in, turn on, tune, and drop out in peaceful protest against Vietnam, the illegalization of LSD, and restrictive square society. Ultimately, it's the remembered as an event 
that inspired the likes of Woodstock and its promotion of peace, love, and happiness lives on in collective pop cultural memory half a century later. Here we go. San Francisco, 1967, human being gathered thousands of people to enjoy music and community, ultimately setting in motion the summer of love, an event that would bring thousands more to the city to join the hippie lifestyle pioneered by the West Coast counterculture. The human being confirmed San Francisco's status as capital for the counterculture of the United States. While the East Coast still had its handful of hippies by the time the movement had gone east to Woodstock, San Francisco had already declared the death of the hippies. If anywhere on earth was a vanguard of counterculture, it was San Francisco. The human being invited hippies from across the city and across California. Turn on, tune in, and drop out. The hippie mantra made infamous, infamous by psychologist and LSD proponent Timothy Leary, spoken for the first time at the BN. The BN event format was already counterculture, stable by 1967, and its practices well known. A BN was exactly as described. It was a collective of people choosing a location to be in. It's just being humans being, being together, being frequently included dancing, performances, music, poetry, any sort of action that involves being present in the moment. Of course, the being always included drug use, most commonly marijuana, LSD, and mushrooms. At counterculture events like beans, you could you couldn't fail to inhale. Acid was so uh, prevalent that even just to be near it drew one into its aura. Regardless of whether or not it had been ingested, while not everyone was under the influence of LSD, the drug absolutely tinged the mood of all events at which it was present. The LSD. Archetype was to descend into madness and emerge enlightened, seeing the world anew, to heighten sensation and become one with the present moment. The cultural intoxication of LSD was so remarkable that it became critical in peaceful organizing in the counterculture. LSD was specifically critical to the human being and its origins to peacefully mark the day California made LSD illegal with the celebration of innocence, the beauty of the universe, the beauty of being. On October 6, 1966, Alan Cohen and Michael Bowen, co-founders of hippie newspaper, the Oracle, organized the Love Pageant Rally around the legalization of LSD, an event that event meant to promote the same ideals as a human being would later. Peace, love, and community. This event gathered between 1,000 to 3,000 performed an electric Kool-Aid acid test icon, Ken Kesey's bus was parked nearby. Following the success, Cohen and Bowen began publicizing the human being via posters and print 
gathering Berkeley activists, Cohen's North Beach beat friends, and drawing on connections to counterculture figureheads like Timothy Leary, the human being was arranged to be a worldwide media event. The human being took place on January 14, 1967. One afternoon in the polo fields of, at Golden Gate Park, tribes from all around San Francisco were invited to a powwow that included counterculture activists, beat writers, and of course, caught the attention of the straight square San Franciscans. Bowen and Cohen wished to bridge the gap between two specific tribes, the anti-war activist hippies and the psychedelic hippies. The event sought to unify the groups while raising awareness for personal empowerment, ecological awareness, and higher consciousness. The event size, sorry, I'm reading this kind of weird. I don't want like to look down when I'm reading this. I'm trying to, okay. That's my clock. The event size increased nearly tenfold from the original Love Pageant rally. The audience was massive, including both sects of the counterculture. Bowen and Cohen wished to unite as well as other critical players in the hippie movement, including the Hells Angels serving as security for the event. Future rock mu music icons like the Grateful Dead and Jefferson Airplane performed live on stage alongside poets Alan Ginsberg and Gary Snyder. While other members of bands like The Doors, Big Brother and Holding Company at the time performing with Janis Joplin reportedly watched from the audience. The BN was equal parts social gathering and public performance. Its attractiveness aided both by the famous names attached to the event as well as the flamboyance of the attendees. Hippies were asked to bring flowers, incense, feathers, flags, animals, and musical instruments to create a piece of epic performance art. Unignorable by San Francisco, by California, and even across the country in Washington, D.C., for one afternoon, at least 20,000 attendee, attendees sang, chanted, played music, took drugs, danced, and meditated peacefully in a public space until sunset. When they were encouraged to turn towards the setting sun and open their minds so that all places would turn into a thing of beauty. Most of all, the human being was founded on a critical counterculture philosophy to make the world a better place. All one has to do is imagine that world and start living in it as if it were already here. While the human being is remembered rather fondly now as a happy, vaguely, a political event, the structure of the being had a political foundation that has been largely erased in cultural memory. The Love Pageant Rally provided the initial inspiration for the event. But the Love Pageant Rally also came from a long history of partnership between the music and protest. Throughout the 1960s, free concerts in the park by artists including Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, and other counterculture stables were organized frequently to support political and cultural missions from anti-Vietnam protests to saving the whales. The late 1960s was a period of time where culture was able to lead political discussions. 
Music became a critical tool in drawing attention to activism. Summer of Love was, as it is now known, was also known during its heyday as a summer in Vietnam and called the Summer of Discontent by Newsweek. Both granted these titles for the riots and protests happening in California and around the country. The human being is embedded in the history of the music and politics critical to San Francisco's counterculture in the late 60s, while its symbols were peace and love. Its roots were in protests and feelings of discontent with the war, with contemporary society, and even within the hippie community. In this case, the broad division between psychedelic hippies and activists. The legacy of the human being is also a long one. I'll bite. A-L-B-I-T. I don't I'll beat, I'll beat one full of co-optation and commercialization. Events like the BN made their way to the East Coast counterculture in the coming years, cementing the event as a critical countercultural practice. A BN was included in Hair, the musical, which opened off Broadway in October of 1967. Only a few months after the Summer of Love, concluded this in San Francisco. It features in probably its most infam infamous scene, members of the tribe chanting beads, flowers, freedom, happiness, while shedding their clothes in front of the audience. Early in countercultural history, the hybrid contra political rally event like the human being was able to exist outside of the governance of the music industry. Musicians would come to share their music for a cause, frequently with very little pay. But soon the industry figured out how such events could be lucrative, especially following the success of the human being and the events it inspired. While the human being had a remarkable little organizational structure, it provided inspiration for events such as the Monterey Pop Festival in the summer of 1967, an event that was part being part modern music festival that included performances artists like Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin. The Monterey Pop Festival was a main inspiration for 1969's Woodstock. Without Woodstock, today's modern music festival would likely not exist. Very true. Whether or not their three-figure prices are consistent with the values of the attendees of the 1967 human being, while it can be heartening to see the effects of the human being, on America's cultural history be so long lasting, it is critical to consider the way that the legacy is propagated by rapid commercialization and appropriation of the counterculture by square society. Besides its complicated implications for the future of social gathering, the human being was one of the most important moments of San Francisco counterculture. Gathering a multi-generational crowd of young hippies and older beatniks, it catalyzed a summer of love and helped cement the hate as the uh, as a center of counterculture activity, not only in San Francisco and California, but in the entire U.S. It was a landmark of grassroots anti-war activism in the late 60s and a milestone as far as the events reach beyond the local counterculture. 
And that's one afternoon, the human being made so much noise that the counterculture became impossible to ignore. We were a smallish wave in a very big ocean, and we were aware that there were others like us, said Martin Algier, one of the main publicists for the human being. We wanted to send a signal out to them. Hey, it's okay to come out and spread your wings. Be your fully glorified self and all your beauty and joy. You are not alone. That's all I have. Human being, interesting event. Um, so yeah, uh, again, I mentioned like the guy named Timothy Leary. He was a doctor, actually. Uh, he made a speech and he said, turn on, tune in, drop out in his speech. That was his quote that was well known as like a take, uh, take on LSD, pretty much. Uh, and uh, so there's, there's some pictures here I want to show if you care to see them. Well, I'm sure you do. Uh, so let me get out of this one. Let me go back here. There's one that's way down here I got to look for. Where are you at? This should be. I see you. Aha. Okay, so this is a picture of two people on, at the BN. Um, right, so right here. Uh, is Phil Lesh, bass guitarist of the Grateful Dead, and there on is Timothy Leary. At the end. Uh, so let's go up. Let's go up. Uh, more photos coming up. <laughs> photos. Let's see you. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here's a picture. Ben. Ah, uh, this came off. Okay, here we go. It's hard trying to. Here we go. The guy in the middle in the beard. That's poet Alan Ginsberg. So let's go. Let's see what we got here. There's a Grateful Dead on stage. Guy in the blue shirt is Phil Lesh. Saw him earlier. That's a picture of Timothy Leary. The guy in the red shirt, Jerry Garcia. I don't know who the guy in the white shirt is, but it's some guy. Here's another picture at the beginning. See that? It's kind of it's coming out bad. I don't like the look of that picture at the beginning. People dancing. I hate that. Don't look at the glare on this. It's like, yeah. This is a picture of, well, not everybody, but Jefferson Airplane on stage. I'm trying to angle it where you can kind of see a better clearing picture of it. Got to print it out, I guess, apparently. And a picture uh, of Jefferson Airplane stage. I only see maybe two people, three people with Jefferson Airplane. Uh, the person on the far, uh, I'm, I'm on my camera here. A uh, lady on the far right here, Grace Slick. That's probably Marty Bowen playing the Monica. And that's the guitarist, Jorma Conk. I can't remember. That's his Conkman. I don't know if I'm getting his name right, but he's a guitarist. He's my favorite member, by the way, of Jefferson Airplane. He has a blues. Blues 
the background. Okay, next picture. Ah, uh, this one here, the last one I have actually. It's a picture of Jerry Garcia, and if you remember in the first episode of January of 1957, I talked about the, the BN briefly as the event that happened that month. I mentioned too there was one in Denver that took place in July, I believe it was, and um, this one's actually one in Denver at City Park, and it's Jerry Garcia. So, here in Colorado, City Park. So I have. <laughs> uh, next time I try to print these pictures out, that way you can probably get a better feel for them. The glare on there was bad, so I'm sure you've hopefully saw them. So cool. Uh, thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Next week we're going to do. So I'm going to mention. I'm going to talk about next week. I'm going to go read an article. Well, it's, a, it's actually a variety of articles on one website I found. So they sound repetitive. I'm sorry, um, but it's going to be couple articles on Chet Helms. So he had some he had some uh, uh, connection with the BN. He's the one that brought him to Denver, actually. He brought him to Denver and he opened up a club in Denver called the Family Dog in Denver, um, which is now a PT strip club. Actually, that's where that's at, I think, if I remember right. Uh, yeah. But he opened that in Denver. He, was, he, promoted, he promoted the BN with Barry Fay, Denver, Papa Denver Connor. Uh, concert promoter um, in Denver in July of that year. So that's, I'm going to read, I'm going to read, I found a couple articles on this website about him. And like I said, a lot of them are probably be repetitive and they are. I apologize in, in advance. Just the uh, flow, you know, because each article has different things about them too. So it's, you can hear not just the same stuff, but different stuff too. By, by certain people that know him, apparently. Chet Helms, big iconic figure in the San Francisco rock scene, brought the BN to Denver, opened up a club in Denver. So that's next week for sure. So, so tune in if you like this, if you like that. Uh, again, if you like my podcast, please follow my podcast. It's on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And I also got a YouTube channel, the Mark and Escudo podcast. If you like it, please subscribe. Thank you for tuning in. God bless. Have a great day. Goodbye. Have a good week. Okay, we're done.